You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a text message to 865-658-5824. We're live on YouTube and Twitter this evening. Joined uh, alongside uh, my good buddy here, Jacob, from Packernet Fantasy Podcast. Jacob, dude, you look well-rested, man. Did you work today or you uh, you have the day off? What happened? In a way, I worked if you, you know, I was doing oh, no, stop, 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 stop. podcast what, research. What does that mean? In a way I work. What does that mean? Are you still from the, from the boss man over there? I was, I was working on uh, my draft strategies by, by staying home in front of the computer for multiple hours and just crunching through like four or five best ball drafts, various different platforms, just honing our skill, trying to do it for you guys, you know? Hey, putting in that extra. Look at my man. Never stops. Yeah. Never stops serving this uh overachiever. Crazy community. And you'll hear from him here in a minute in the chat, I'm sure. As a matter of fact, we got Zane in the chat already. Zane just says, let's keep it go simple, man. Go, go back, go. Love it, dude. Welcome Hold to the chat, day. bro. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, so Jacob, what I thought we'd do tonight, man, um, as people start to file in here, Ryan may join us shortly. It just depends on what he's got going on. If he doesn't, I thought let's kind of cast a little vision for the future, right? of the, uh, of the green Bay Packers. So we'll talk about the 2024 salary cap situation. You know, you always hear about it guys. You hear about how people, <clears throat> you know, it's, it, it's constantly, you know, I don't want to say it's all doom and gloom. And I really think that we've done our part, Jacob, kind of silencing people on this show, uh, just saying, Hey, look, calm down with this whole, the Packers are going to go out of business because of their salary cap. Right. Um, and, you know, just to kind of put things into perspective, Next year already, according to Spotrack, okay. Um, first of all, we're well under the cap right now at 16 million if if Spotrack is updated. Um, nonetheless, there will be rollover, just like there was rollover last year. There's always rollover cap. Um, next year, as it sits right now, for the top 51, which is the only amount of salary cap hit that that counts towards your uh, towards the cap itself, is the top 51 guys on the roster, uh, and that's you know evaluated obviously by overall cap hit itself. Um, we're 7.8 million under the cap already next year. Okay, so we're going to talk about some stuff that can be maneuvered around. Jake, I don't know if you remember, but it, it, this last offseason, man, we uh, we talked about this very thing, and we kind of predicted, hey, here's some of the players that we think are going to be um, contracts are going to be restructured, money's going to be moved around to get under the cap and kind of make things you know work moving forward. And um, we nailed it. Like, I think the, there was only one or two that we didn't get, and they were very minimal, right? Um, it was, you know, just to free up one or two million dollars here or there. But the big ones we absolutely crushed. Because what you'll notice, guys, is the way these contracts are structured, you can see it's almost like a blueprint. It's like it's like these, these big blinking letters saying, hey, look, here's the guy that's probably going to be restructured, just simply by the way that the contract is already structured. Um, but with that being said, we'll kind of talk about how we can free that up. And, and the, the main thing here, Jacob, that I want to do tonight is just let people know, look, don't buy into the doom and gloom. We said it last year. And, and isn't it funny how quiet it is right now, right? Nobody's talking about how the cap situation is just all the heck, right? But we got $40 million, if I remember correctly, over $40 million in cap hit from Aaron Rodgers alone, and somehow we're still under the cap. But, boy, Three, four months ago, it was what are the Packers going to do, right? Um, and, and you're going to find that out that when we get into August and September, those same people will kind of come right back to the surface talking about how bad the cap situation And then when it comes time to pay the bill and get under the cap, they disappear. <laughs> They're gone. Yep. They're out of here. So we'll just kind of hit on some of that. But let's do this. Before we get into all that, let's just go to the phones right now. We got our buddy Mr. Green live in Green Bay there. Mr. Green, man, can you hear us okay? Yeah, loud and clear. How's it going, guys? Oh, doing, doing? Good, man. doing good. It's funny. I gave him no warning. I just threw him on and said, hey, man, what's yes. up? Nice. <laughs> hey, man, it's all good. I'm ready to roll. You know, it's funny, Clayton. I was just thinking about uh, last last year. Um, I actually I can't really pull it up this quickly, but I actually tweeted something about the cap. It was one of my good morning to uh, 
everybody except for people who think we should trade Aaron Jones because of his cap hit next year. Uh, It kind of goes to exactly what we're talking about right now. And obviously the cap's important, um, clearly, Mm -hmm. but uh, there's always ways around things as we're seeing every day. And I'm sure um, Bakhtiari comes to mind immediately. I can't wait to see how uh, how this season goes and what ultimately happens with him when he's not uh, chugging beers out of the boot. So <laughs> <laughs> I love nice. it. Hey, as a matter of fact, since you brung it up, um, hopefully this doesn't slow the stream down too much. Let's go to that video. We're going to do it right now. Let me see if I can get this shared. Um, I want you guys to see this, what Mr. Green is talking about. Can you see the screen okay uh, yep. there, Jacob? All right, cool. Let's do this. Let's go to it. This is uh, David Bakhtiari. And this is the rook up here, Mr. Tucker Craft, right? It's Craft up there? Oh, man. I'm pretty sure that's Tucker Craft right there because people kind of scolded me on Twitter. So, well, ain't you going to mention Craft? Yeah, he's there. <laughs> but it, listen, I don't give out participation trophies on this podcast. And you'll see that David Bakhtiar, we don't have to worry about his knee anymore. We got to worry about his back because he carried the team on this one. Watch so Bach down that, here. That's Kittle, too. They're going against Kittle, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Kittle, and I don't know who this cat is. But uh, maybe it's another rookie. Anyways. Yeah, it could be. But watch, watch Bach annihilate. I want you to look at the form, all right? I want you to think of Wes Hogwitz on Twitter, how he was doing his pass set and how Bach taught him that, right? Watch watch how this is a veteran move. Watch David Bakhtiari get underneath this glass, man. Watch him. This is perfect form for chugging beer. Oh, get set, go. I mean, look, look at this. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, Tucker looking over like, what happened? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh. He didn't spill any on himself. Look at <laughs> My man he said no spillage. Uh, He's like, look, great. bro, y'all, and y'all spilt half your beer down your freaking shirt. Um, <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. I love Bach. I think he's freaking awesome. Um, yeah, so that's what Mr. Green was talking about, and <laughs> Bach, ain't, Bach ain't playing no games. But you kind of bring it up. So let's let's talk about David Bakhtiari's cap number right now. I know Zane in the chat, 69 last season with the team, I think. It's, it's definitely possible, uh, Zane. We talked about that uh, on the last podcast. And, and the reason we did mention that is because his cap hit in general. The cap hit for 2024 for David Bakhtiari is $40.6 million. Now, understand, guys, this is according to Spotrack. Things are going to shift. Spotrack has never been 100% accurate. And then there's another, uh, another one, that uh, another website that, that Ryan likes to use as well. He tends to lean toward it, if I understood correctly. They're not completely accurate. There's always something, uh, you know, under the table here that kind of shakes out and you see, okay, the numbers were a little bit off, but for the most part, these are pretty accurate. $40.6 million cap hit, Jacob, for uh, David Bakhtiari next year. But what you've got to see is dead cap is 19.0 million. So what, what does dead cap mean? That means if you cut him outright, what are you still on the hook for in 2024, right, on the cap? So, Mr. Green, when we talk about David Bakhtiari, is he worth forty point six million in cap? I think we would all agree, no, right? Absolutely. So, what's what's the option when it comes to David Bakhtiari then, right? And this is the big trick. This is the cash over cap game. When it comes to cash over cap, what we mean is you're you're going to basically write a check to a player. That's the cash aspect, right? And you're going to say, look, we'll give you more guaranteed money than your contract calls for, right? Uh, as it sits right now, and in return, we're going to get cap space freed up, okay? So you're on the hook for more guaranteed, but you can drop that cap number down. Now, how does that happen? It goes between base salary and roster bonus money, okay? Your roster bonus is when you make the 53-man roster week one of the season, to the best of my knowledge, that's the time frame, then you're guaranteed X amount of dollars, okay? That X amount of dollars for David Bakhtiari is $9.5 million. Now, his base salary is ten point seven. If you were to cut him outright, you're freeing up that base salary, so that's coming off the books. That's how you come up with the uh, the the uh, 19.0 million in cap and the tw- roughly $20.2 million in cap that you can free up. So you add the base salary with the roster bonus. Here's what you can do. You can actually take – the base salary and the roster bonus, and you can convert that to signing bonus. Now, never has it been done 
And when we were predicting this last year, Jacob, never has it been done where you're going to maximize that. You're going to take every bit of the base salary. First, first of all, you've got to have a base. You've got to have at least a minimum salary on the contract. That's the way the CBA is structured. And then the roster bonus itself. Nobody's ever taken that full dollar amount. I'm just showing in maximum value that you could convert. You're talking about $20.2 million that you could free up. Now, here's the thing about David Bakhtiari. Um you know, you can see on some of these contracts when they've done this in the past, they'll already have voidable years or they'll have they'll have uh, multiple years left on their contract. What you do is when you convert that to signing bonus, you can now spread that out however you want to over the remainder of the contract. That's why you hear about them tacking on voidable years, these quote unquote dummy years. So you can spread that cap hit out, cap hit out. So if David Bakhtiari is going to be on the Packers, they're going to have to add voidable years is basically what it's going to come down to. So you're either going to cut them out right, you're going to trade them, or you're going to tack on voidable years. I personally have not seen a situation, and I could, you know, I could be overlooking one, where the Packers have tacked on voidable years for someone who just had one year left on their deal. So the, the history dictates probably going to be boxed last year. But if he comes out and plays lots out and they say we want him back next year, then they're going to throw some guaranteed money on onto his contract, try to renegotiate and get him some extra years added, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, you bring it up, Mr. Green. That's a good place to start. But that just shows you right there. We're already seven point eight million in the green next year in the black, I should say. Right. If you get rid of David Bakhtiari, you're freeing up twenty point two million already. So they could carry box contract next year. They could. But I think everybody would uh, would riot in Green Bay if they carried a forty point six million dollar cap hit for a what thirty three year old left tackle. It would it would get interesting. But coming off a two year rehab on a on a knee injury too. And that's the part, that's the part that would hurt, right? Because you we sat through the worst part, didn't we, Jacob? We sat oh, yeah. through him being injured. Then he's finally healthy, and now we got to let him go. That kind of gets me going. Oh, that's not a good investment. We right? sat here and talked about many times whether or not his career was over and whether he was never going to come back and play. And then after that one year, I mean, one other thing, too, that I was going to say uh, about something that Mr. Green mentioned, how people were I, – I remember people were freaking out about the Aaron Jones contract, how we're never going to be able to resign him, never going to But now it is a little different, I will say, because the running back versus the left tackle. I think there's other teams, I think, that are still willing to pay Bach good money, whereas with Aaron Jones, I think he realized that the, the running back market is just hot garbage. So he was yeah. smart taking more money maybe than he could get in other where uh, other teams, you know, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I agree, Jacob. I mean, plus, you know, Jones, he carries the G like nobody else, you know? And, yeah. Uh, he's, he really is a homer. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, Next on that list, let's just dive into it. And is there anything you want to talk about before we get nerded out on these contracts here, Mr. Green, is there any, any topic you want to bring up or you just want to roll with this for a minute? You know, I don't want to mess up your momentum, but I did. Uh, maybe you guys can speak to this later. I, I caught Ryan's podcast earlier, and uh, he was doing the breakdown on the edge rushers and talking about Preston Smith. And, um, you know, he was talking about how sometimes guys can fall victim to uh, kind of like the scheme or, or maybe you're more of a pass rusher, but you're utilized now and run stopping, you know, and – I think he made some really good points, especially, you know, not just about Preston Smith, but I wonder if this is like, do you guys see this as a trend in the NFL just period, regardless of your position group, with exception of maybe quarterback, where guys are being asked to just be more versatile across the board? Like Mercedes Lewis is not signed right now. Um, is it because he's a blocking tight end? And that's that's what I do is I block and I and I'm not really a pass catching threat like I used to be, um, you know, maybe special teams here and there. Do you think the league is just like telling guys like, hey, I don't care if you're a great edge rusher. You know, we need you to stuff the middle once in a while or we need you to fall back in pass coverage. You know, like we saw it even the last couple of years in our secondary with, you know, Kevin King. They had they were playing him down in the box, on, you know, in that star role or whatever you call it. Do you, do you see this being something that like league wide is just kind of like a new thing? Or do you think this is like based just on your coordinator and your scheme? Yeah, I, I personally think it it changes from team to team and scheme to scheme. You know, um, I haven't heard that pod from Ryan yet. Um, I need to go back and, and listen to that to know exactly the context that in which he was talking. But when it comes to, you know, building a roster, you want your team to be versatile. There's no doubt about it. Now, 
what does what does Joe Barry do within the scheme? Now, how many times did we see Preston Smith dropping into coverage, right? And it, and it drove everybody crazy. You would see sure. his – I mean, you've seen this gigantic man that we know what he's best at is setting the edge against a run, and then his second, you know, trait is definitely getting to the quarterback, and he's out there in coverage. Well, the answer to that, it's not a popular one, but it is the correct one. It's they get paid too, right? The other team gets paid too. So they're trying to scheme things open, and they're going to put them in a position where, hey, look, let's do some pre-snap motion, slide this guy over here. And now they know, based off of the pre-snap look, the hat count, everything, that's going to force this guy to drop into coverage. Now you're eliminating him from the entire um, the entire equation. But I think to answer your question – you want more versatility. These coaches want more more versatility. There absolutely is no doubt about it. Um, when it comes to Preston Smith, I, the thing that I noticed about him last year on tape, and sometimes it would actually conflict with PFF and Jacob. I know you and I talked about this several times last year. He's pretty good against the run. I don't. I can't think of another player on the Packers roster, including Rashawn Gary, that when the runs to his side, that I would want him setting the edge. You know, um, he's 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 awesome at setting the edge. But you brought up since you brought up Preston Smith, let's hit on this. Let's talk about his cap numbers real quick. He's number five on my list, so he's the fifth highest cap hit for 2024, right? His cap hit is 16.5 million, and 13.9 million is in dead cap. Meaning, if you cut him outright, you're going to roughly free up, you know, a little less than three million dollars, right? Or right at three million dollars. So now you've got to ask yourself: Would you be better off? Gaining three million in cap space, but you're minus Preston Smith. I think that answer is no. You know what do you think, Jacob? At the at the price of three million dollars against your cap, I think I want Preston on the team. Yeah, I, that money to me isn't crazy money, especially. I mean, even if you were to say the sixteen and a half a year, that's nothing really for edge defenders nowadays. If they're solid players like he is, and if you're really telling me that it's more of like a only a three, three million, three and a half million ad, but you lose a guy like that, especially on a year where you're coming in. Imagine our rotation right now, as is, if we have Gary healthy, we have Preston Gary. We talked about how we have solid backups and then we have maybe some even flashy guys like Brenton Cox that are our fourth or fifth in the rotation. I don't want to take away one of the pillars of the front two because I want Luke, Luke Van Ness to be able to learn slowly behind those two studs and then pepper in all these other guys and really have a, a really solid four or five guys, maybe even six at that rotation. So to me, yeah. it, it makes more sense to, to keep him, pay that money. I agree. And, and his base salary is $5.7 million for 2024. His roster bonus is 6.2. So you have $11.9 million in potential restructure maneuvering okay he's got three years left on his contract after that point so he's under contract for quite some time plus he's got one voidable year remember what i was talking about you know you can kind of look at the overall contract and go man that looks like that looks like a stepping stone to push money out right to keep him on the roster so my guess would be preston smith's going to be on the roster in 2024 and what you'll probably end up doing if you find yourself in a situation where hey look we want to go shopping free agency that's one you could potentially move money out, although he is fifth on my list of potentially moving money out. Um, what do you think uh, about it, Mr. Green? Based off of what Ryan said on the pod, and again, I apologize, I haven't heard it yet. Um, based off what he said, and when you break down the numbers, you know, potentially just freeing up $3 million, um, would you rather have him back on the roster in 2024? Let's say he comes out next year and he, and he does have an up season to, or at least a, an average Preston season. We would all agree last year was one of those down years. Um what do you think? Would you rather have him on the roster in 2024 or would you say, now nah, let's cut him loose? Because, you know, the other thing you got to take into consideration, you know, you know, Jacob, Mr. Green, is the fact that he is a progress stopper. There's no doubt about it. You've got Kingsley and Igbare and you've got um, a, a young Lucas Van Ness once Rashawn Gary comes back. For every snap that Preston Smith's on the field, that snaps it's taken away from those two young guys, right? So you've got to really take those things into consideration. Or I, I think Preston personally – if you're going to play some three-three-five cub, you could slide him to one of those defensive lineman roles as opposed to an outside linebacker. But how do you feel about Mr. Green? Would you want him on the roster or no? Twenty twenty-four. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think we kept the right Smith when it comes down to it. Obviously, uh, yeah. you know, Preston is known to have those. You know, one year on, one year off, as they say. That was also kind of what Ryan was alluding to uh, mm-hmm. in his podcast, and. Um, even down years for him, I mean, I think what he brings to that locker room and to that front, I, I keep him. 
I really yeah. do. And kind of what, unless I'm crazy, Mr. Green, didn't Ryan, wasn't his, the part of the, the point to that segment was that Preston's quote unquote down years really aren't that down. Like, especially exactly. He was one of the, had one of the top highest uh, rush percentages last year, I think still even being a little bit quote unquote down. So. Yeah. And what do we know about a lot of the young, young players, especially the rookies is one of the things they have the, the biggest time struggling with is the speed of the game. So having a guy like Preston Smith, that that's not an issue and you can plug him in even late in his career. I, I think it does make sense to probably hang on to him. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. And he's one of those good locker room guys. That's, that's mm -hmm. a fact. He's uh he's always been a team player. He just seems like one of those guys you uh, this sounds stupid too, but he's one of those get off the bus guys. And what mm -hmm. I mean by that is when you roll when you roll up to Chicago and they're they're peeking out the window watching watching the Packers off the bus, you want him to be one of the first guys off the bus. It's like <laughs> that dude is a huge guy. <laughs> it's not, it sounds so stupid. It sounds silly, but I'm telling you, that is a thing. It is a thing. There's no doubt about it. Um yeah, you know, what you do between the lines obviously matters more. But I, I definitely, uh, I always giggle when I hear people say that as a get off the bus guy. Or if you're, you know, if you're playing a game of pickup football, right, and you got all these guys out there in the park, and you're getting ready to pick your next guy, you're going, "Yeah, I want that guy." Right <laughs> but good stuff, man. Let's move on to the next one. And if you have to go at any point, Mister Green, cut out. But uh, you're welcome to hang around as long as you want, man. This is uh, love the insights you're bringing too, um, Kenny Clark. Next year's cap hit. You know, Kenny, we've talked about Kenny. I, I'm, I'm just waiting for people to start blasting me as the Kenny hater because I keep pointing out that I feel like he's underperformed. Um, dude's a, one of those quiet leaders, though. Obviously, teammates absolutely love him. Um, he had that one great year. Granted, it was under Mike Pettin, but he's one of these dudes that you can tell they look to, at, you know, in a leadership role. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong here. I may be speaking out of turn, but I think he was voted captain last year, if I remember right. Um, as a defensive captain, but I could be wrong. He's just one of those guys you can tell his teammates absolutely love him. But his cap hit, $27.4 million, dead cap, 24.3 attached. There's no way I'm cutting Kenny loose to free up $3 million in cap. Ain't going to happen, right? Um, okay. Now, his base salary, $15.5 million. His roster is a goose egg right now. His roster bonus is listed as zero. Now, I don't know if that's a glitch in Spotrack system. I don't know if that's 100% accurate. I don't know if there's other things that need to be factored in, but that's how it sits right now. That's how we'll play this. 15.5 in base salary you could uh, potentially convert. Now, what what does the rest of his contract look like? After the 2024 season, you've got three voidable years. So that tells me that in 2024, most likely what the Packers are looking to do, if they see a big-name free agent, they go, man, I really like to have that guy. They're probably going to say, you know what, let's push, uh, you know, let's push 10 million of that 15.5 million in, in base salary. Let's push it out over the course of those three voidable years and free up 10 million so we could go shopping. That's kind of what it seems like there. I think I know the answer to this question, but Jacob, what do you think about Kenny being on the roster in 2024? Yeah, for sure. I'm not wasting it for 3 million. That's just, I mean, it, I, in my opinion, Kenny is really underperformed and I, but still $3 million. I don't think I mean, he was he 28. I mean, I'd, I'd give it at least a few more years of paying decent i mean again because that's another guy where if he goes anywhere else he's going to get big guy money like crazy money so yep and if you remove the 27.4 million dollar cap and you just said here's the player on tape do you want to keep him my answer is yes absolutely but when you see such a high cap hit that's the only reason it comes into question but i completely agree about the three million what about you mr green yeah i'm with you guys i, I really do i agree um i think with kenny though it's one of these things too even a lot of these other guys there's other talent that we have on this squad that we really need to see how they play out here in this this first year and uh you know reevaluate this again what what my question for you is is what is uh what's the deadline on him to make make the moves that we need to make go you know going into 24 mm. do we you're are you talking about outright releasing him yeah. after this year so basically for his 2024 cap hit Right, it's twenty-seven point four million. So this is we're going one year ahead here and saying, okay, here's what okay. his cap hit's going to be. Now, as far as the deadline, there's some June deadline stuff that that really throws into play the future bonus aspect, which we don't want to get too far into those weeds. Uh, we can sit here all day and talk about those. Um, but yeah, so we're, what we're talking about is as far as a deadline. Yeah, obviously you're not going to cut him outright, 
But as far as converting the money, typically that happens. If I remember correctly, it happened in February the last two years. Um, so as far as a date deadline of, Hey, when do we think the money will be moved? It'll probably be moved right before, uh, definitely before the new league year, but possibly, um, a little bit earlier if the Packers are really trying to gear themselves up to do some of those early visits before free agency. So I I think, yeah, that answers my question. I, I think that it changes things too, because, you know, if we got someone that can step up and play the nose, you know, it's gonna give us some other things to evaluate like you said, look into the future, but I'm all for keeping Kenny Clark around with that, those kind of numbers. Yeah. And, and especially if you're in the nickel, the majority of the time, whether it's a two, four, five or that three, three, five, what you're going to want with Kenny, in my opinion, I want him to play that one tech. I want him to play that one tech and I want um, Devonte wide to be able to play the three. And that three mm-hmm. tech is, I think more people, enough people don't talk about how important the three tech and what I mean by three tech is um, you, you may know this, Mr. Green. I try to explain this stuff as we go, because I know that if there's one person out there that's listening and they go, I didn't know that then it was worth mentioning. Um, basically the technique that the defensive line plays, this is the way that that coaches quickly identify or communicate. Here's where I want you lining up. So basically every offensive lineman, Look at it from the the offense's perspective, right? And you get the de- you get the offensive line come set. Your center, if they're if they're lined up directly over the center, which is the traditional nose tackle, that would be a zero tech, right? If you're lined up over the guards, it'd be a two tech. If you're lined up over the the tackles, it'd be a uh, a four tech, right? And that's how that that's how you determine the technique. So with the three tech, you're typically in between the guard and the tackle. Now you can throw in some four eyes, some, some two eye things like that. That's where you're really getting down to splitting hairs. I like to keep it very simple, just evens and odds, but that three tech really uh, what you're saying is, Hey, look, you're going to occupy a double team. And in some cases beat that double team, the one tech you're doing the same exact thing, but on the three tech side, typically you're going to have a little more of a pass rush responsibility as opposed to the one, in my opinion, in the past, although, Things get so exotic today; it's not even funny, man. It's I love just the the cat and mouse, uh, you know, uh, the 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 I don't know, I don't even know how to say it, man. Just the way that these coaches on both sides of the ball are trying to manipulate and trick the other. I, I just can't help but grin when I see stuff like this happen on Sunday. I'm like, this is so freaking cool that this game has been played this long, and they're still finding ways to gain just a little bit of an edge you know, and how far it's come. But, yeah, so when it comes to Kenny, I'd like to see him as that one uh, one tech in the uh, in the nickel defense um, and and have Devontae Wyatt play that three for sure. Um, yeah, I agree totally. I think that's his, you know, Kenny's strong suit is being yeah. in that spot. I, I can't help but think, Jacob, what we were so excited about last year, seeing Kenny come in slim down a little bit. I wonder if it hurt him, you know. It seems like yeah. it had. yeah. I don't know. He seemed like he lost a lot of that sumo man push ability. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get that straightened out this year for sure. Um, number three on the list is Jair Alexander. Some people are going, what are you talking about? He just signed a contract extension, right? It's all about how it's structured. So let's look at it. $24.3 million is his cap hit. Um, his dead cap attaches 27.4. What's that mean? If you cut him, it's going to cost you $3 million. He's not even on the roster, right? So you can kind of see how it's structured. And obviously early on in these long contracts, these big contracts, extended contracts, um, that's uh, that's kind of how it plays out. His base salary is $6.6 million. His roster bonus is $8.0 million. So what you have there is $14.6 million that they could free up in cap. He's got two years left after 2024 plus one voidable year so that's how that would play out with Jair Alexander you have money that you can move around and free up cap uh for the uh, the current year to the tune of 14.6 what I found last year um Jacob is this number that I'm coming up with typically the Packers flirted with half of it if they restructured the contract they kept it right around half of that total number so with that being said as you start to tally these up I mean you can see with with uh with Bach you know, if you did voidable years or whatever, you could potentially free up, you know, $10, $10 million, which with him having no more years left on the contract, I don't see that happening. But Kenny, you're looking at $7 million. Jair Alexander, you're looking at $7 million. You could see how they could be active in free agency if they wanted to. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think that that's going to happen because I'm not going to let myself get my hopes up. Plus, honestly, this year, like, uh, like Mr. <laughs> Green said, I don't want anybody coming in. I've got some interesting stuff we can get into if I find a little gap, but I don't. It just seems a little off right now. But I, it's something to do with snap counts last year versus guys that are gone this year, and how there's a lot of stuff to fill. One of them, the biggest ones, is wide receiver. Um, 
like clearly. So once you find a little gap, we can get into that. But I don't want to sign a veteran, for instance, wide receiver or really anybody on defense or anybody on the offensive line. It's I don't want anybody that is, is coming in. It's going to rob people of some valuable snaps. So, yeah, it's important, man. And it's all about balancing that. We got Lucas Van Ness in the chat here. He says, what's up, Packer fans? I appreciate you dropping through there. Nice. Number 90. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it, it is, man. You're trying you're trying to balance that, that whole, you know, you don't want to rob snaps from young young talent that you you see so much potential in. But at the same time, you're trying to win ball games now. What you've seen last year, and, and it was talked about in the offseason pretty openly, is they were putting guys out there that might have just been a hair better than the ones behind them on the roster. But it was about, we got, let's try to win now. Let's try to win now. And unfortunately it just didn't, it didn't pan out the way we wanted. Um, we can work that in. Let me, let me cover Aaron Jones real quick. And then we'll work in what you were talking about, Jacob. Sure. And, uh, and we'll kind of, we'll, we can I just did it up. for two position groups, wide receivers and tight ends, but it is interesting to look at and just think about how different it's going to be. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, we'll hit on that in just a second. Let's uh, let's talk about Aaron Jones. Cap hit seventeen point seven million for twenty twenty four. Dead cap attached is twelve point three. So you can see right off the bat they could free up. You know, just by cutting him outright, um, they could free up roughly five point four million. Okay. Now, as far as his contract, he only had one year left after twenty twenty four plus three voidable years. So what's that tell you? I think he's going to be on. Uh, I think he's going to be back on the roster next year. Personally. And if anything, they're going to move some money out. Now, his base salary is $11.1 million. It's showing his roster as zero. Again, don't know if it's a glitch in the system or if that's legit how it is. But just the base salary alone at 11.1, you could uh, you could move a little bit of that out if you needed to. But again, his cap hit at $12.3 million next year. If Aaron Jones comes out this year and he plays the way he did last year and the way he has the last three or four years, Hey, give me give me Aaron Jones at twelve point three million again. I know you were pounding the table, Mister Green. I know I was getting roasted on Twitter because I'm going, "Who are these idiots saying don't bring back your best offensive player?" Right? But exactly, I think I think we want him back. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I I mean, you know, the the loyalty in me is saying I don't care what the numbers are. <laughs> right? You know, let yeah. the man retire a Packer. Um, but yeah, I mean. The guy is just—he's lightning. You know, we got thunder and lightning in that backfield, and I think this year Shake is the year bake. we're going to get to see it. Yeah. Shake it back. Van <laughs> <laughs> Ness in the chat here says it's awesome to find a Packers chat uh, to talk football, dude. The thing I've noticed—I um, don't know your real name—I'm just going to refer to you as Van Ness. But the thing I've <laughs> noticed is when you get into the slow time, there's there's one of two ways you can handle it. You can either complain about it being slow time. Or you can find other like-minded people that just can't get enough of Green Bay Packers talk and lock arms with them and make this offseason fly by. And we try to utilize this downtime for things like this. That we don't, we don't want to be talking about this stuff when it's week week seven and me and Jacob are on the post-game show drinking beer, mad because the Packers lost by three points. We want to be talking about what went wrong, how can we fix it, or what went right. And we're going to be celebrating the dog of the week and rolling out the barrel and all that. Now is the time to talk about these type of things. But let's shift gears, Jacob. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What you wanted to talk about, man, hit them with it, and uh, we'll see if we can give some insight to them. We'll get uh, Mr. Green's opinion. No, it's just something that I thought was a little bit cool to look at and just really get an idea as to how new this year is going to be compared to last. So just with the wide receiver position in 2022, we had eight guys that took significant snaps. Alan Zard was our number one wide receiver with 863 snaps. So, again, imagine how many of those snaps were stolen from Christian Watson. Number two was Dobbs at 529. Three was Watson at 507, followed by Cobb, who's going to be gone. As I'm reading these, imagine guys that aren't going to be here anymore. Cobb at 371. Sammy Watkins at 279. Our uh, Torrey, the seventh rounder, at 112. Amari Rogers with 98, and then Juwan Winfrey, my guy, rest in peace, with 35. And then so this year, rest in look, peace. Yeah, sorry, buddy. He, oh, got, he, he got on the field and he fumbled. My guy, come on. So this year, you assume right off the gate that Watson slides immediately into that Lazard spot. So I would say that he's probably going to get more than that, even probably closer to 900 snaps. Number two, I'd have to think would be Dobbs, right? And then number three is where you're going to start to get shady, where if you follow the same pattern as last year, that's 500 snaps that are up for grab, just as in our number three position. And then our number four, five, and basically the rest of the whole depth chart is completely unknown, but that's hundreds and hundreds of snaps that are available. And we don't even know what our top five guys are going to be. So that right there, it's scary, but it's also really exciting. Now, if you jump over to tight end, it gets even more crazy for you because last year, Tanyan, number one, 591 snaps. This year, right away, well, let's go back. Lewis, 451. DeGuara last year at 259. And then Davis at 175. So immediately this year, your head goes to, well, who's going to be the number one? Because in Mm -hmm. theory, people are saying, well, Musgrave, obviously. Haven't you seen how fast he is and pads and no pads and, and shorts or whatever? And but in theory, I just feel like that the Packers, the way that they're, I think immediately DeGuara slides up in that number one spot to get at least four to 500 snaps, followed then maybe by Musgrave at like four to 300, followed by like Kraft at like three to 400. And I think Davis probably gets an equal, maybe two or 300. I think they're going to break it down, but they have more faith and trust in uh, DeGuara. And I feel like DeGuara, there's, I've seen a lot of notes that he's been showing that they're practicing, uh, you know, they're getting Musgrave in with the ones and stuff, but they're using uh, Deguar not just as that H-back anymore. They're actually making him as a split tight end, an inline tight end, um, having him more do traditional tight end work stuff, not just that kind of gadget H-back. Good stuff. I think to your point, Jacob, I, when you say that, I the names that stick out to me right away in both of those groups are uh, Sammy Watkins and Mercedes Lewis. And there's those, those veteran guys that you're saying we got to, we don't want to make that move right now because we want to see Tucker Craft getting these snaps. We want to see Musgrave getting these snaps. Um, so I agree with you. I, I really do. And I think that's that's why we let the big dog walk, honestly. Yeah, yeah. that's – dude, when you're reading off those snaps, that's exciting. It's um, crazy, right? I, like, I just saw both of those and I was like, wow. I mean, what, you, what you're going to see is I, I personally – don't think Jaden Reed is going to be the primary slot. I think they're going to move these guys around. In LaFleur's scheme, in LaFleur's system, what he likes to do is a lot of Z motion, where the Z ends up kind of playing that quote-unquote slot role by the by the time the ball is snapped. I think you're going to see him a lot in Z as far as Jaden Reed. You're going to see these guys very interchangeable. That's the thing I noticed about Christian Watson, too. It wasn't just boundary X, boundary X, boundary yeah. X. They moved him around. They like, like to do jet sweeps and everything. Jay, when you were reading off those snaps – the first thing that was going through my mind is Jaden Reed's going to get his opportunities, though. He yeah. is going to get his opportunity, and that's that's freaking exciting to me. And from the tight end standpoint, I know you really dialed it back last time we were live, Jacob, um, as far as the tight end position, saying, hey, look, you know, let's let's not act like we're surprised if uh, if the rookies don't get a lot of snaps, right? Because just kind of, you know, you think DeGuara, you think Davis. But I do, man. I Based off of minicamp and the way that they said – that uh, Luke Musgrave made tremendous strides. This was Jason Wildy that said this on uh, on a couple of his weekly spots on local radio there in, in Green Bay. He said that 
from the first OTA, voluntary OTA, to the second one, Luke Musgrave was a totally different player. Like he came in, you could tell he was a little overwhelmed. And by the second one, you could tell he was in his book and uh, and he was understanding the offense at a different level. I think Jordan Love even made a comment about it. I think you're going to see plenty of Luke Musgrave. As far as Tucker Craft, I think he'll kind of be back in the shadows a little bit. Um, so I think what you're going to see in that 12 look is DeGuara and Musgrave. I really do. I really do. Um, what do you think, uh, Mr. Green, when you hear those snaps? I think you said Jacob Lazard was around 800 snaps. Cobb was 371. Um, and then you've got uh, Tunyon at 591, and Lewis was in the 400s, I believe. Uh, how do you think it's going to shake out, Mr. Green? Who do you think is going to make up those snaps? Well, I, the talk early right now is Dobbs is like apparently Jay Love's like go-to guy. Yep. And I, I think that's a good thing. But I can tell you I think he's probably got that vibe with a lot of those young receivers already. And – whether it comes down to who's on the field, like you said, a lot of guys can line up in one spot by the time the ball snap, they're in a different position. You know, I don't know who's getting what snaps. All this talk just makes me extremely excited for preseason and can't yeah. <laughs> you know, like go see it. Like, like Jacob was saying, it's like enough of this running around in shorts with no pads. Like let's play football. And like, you know, we're getting close, but I mean, to sum it all up. Yeah. A lot of these, these guys that moved on, uh, guys that um, are not going to be here, is going to free up a lot of room for this young talent to really show us who they are. And uh, I think we're going to be excited and a little nervous, but overall, it's going to be a it's going to be a good experience this year for this team. Yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, uh, sorry, Glenn. If you were to, because I was trying to figure out who would be getting these snaps. So if you follow the same framework as the year before, there'd be eight guys. So the eight right now is the quote unquote depth chart would stand. It'd be Watson, Dobbs, Torrey, Reed, Tay Wicks, Bo Melton, Malik Heath, and then Grant DeBose, which would be crazy to see all those guys for like the first time. I mean, yeah. really, it's awesome. Yeah, Steve. I mean, Samari yeah. Toure is my sleeper. That, I mean, that's that my guy, guy still. Yeah. 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 Seven I mean, rounder. a lot of us have. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been putting in the work in the offseason. So. Yeah. And Ryan was talking smack on him, so you know we want to dunk on him if we can. <laughs> oh, well, that just means he's going to have you know a 1,000-yard season for sure. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> I love it, man. Dunking on the boss, man. Y'all ain't right, dude. I'm going to keep my mouth shut over here. Um, <laughs> Steve in the chat said it's also a smoke screen, right, when it, you, you kind of – we just came out of lying season, right? That's what they call it. It's lying season. It's like everything that comes out of the front office and the coach's mouth is just they. the last thing they want to do is tell Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota, hey, guys, everybody listen. Here's what we're planning on doing, right? So there's going to be a lot of smoke screening going on for sure. Um, it's exciting, dude. It's a, it's a – as you're reading those names off, Jacob, especially on the, on the back half of whether we carry, you know, five, six, seven receivers – it reminds me of when Rodgers was young and you had this this core of receivers that it was just like, man, we don't know. Because, you know, when I became a Packers fan, it was Javon Walker, it was Robert Ferguson, Donald Driver, right? Those were the three, and you had all these others scattered out. Then all of a sudden, Javon Walker, you know, he's off the, the roster fairly quick. Um, you know, he, he held out then blew his knee out and was never the same player. Um, then you had, you know, Robert Ferguson was one of those guys. It's like this is the year he's going to break out. And then, bang, all of a sudden, you had Greg Jennings, James Jones, Jordy Nelson. That's kind of what this feels like. And I'm not suggesting that that any of those guys are going to live up to the greatness of Donald Driver or Jordy Nelson. Let's hope they do. But it just kind of feels like that. You see all this potential talent sitting there. And just like they were at the time, man, they were getting paid next to nothing. Right. And it's and you it's funny me saying that like they're they're out there poor or something. It's not, you know, I'll take that the wrong way. But it, it, I don't know, man. It's just like when you look at how our receiving room cap situation stacks up with the rest of the National Football League and you see the potential of Christian. I think Christian Watson's a dog, dude. I don't I try to curb the enthusiasm. I'm the dude that always tries to go, well, you know, you, you don't. it's it's a it's a team effort. And it, Christian Watson, what Christian Watson did in that span last year was it was somewhat do you want to hear some crazy specific numbers because i actually hit, hit me with it hit me with it because I, right. I think i know where you're going so all in all last year christian watson had a 26 percent target rate per route run which was 17th among all wide receivers that had at least 400 snaps right so then he also had 2.5 yards route per run which was top 10 and tied exactly with guess who Devonte adams 
In addition to that, in between weeks 10 and 18, he ranks first in yards per route run, and he was wide receiver number nine overall in PPR scoring in total points, and 85% of all that yardage came in that 10 to 18-week span. And then he also in that – he had eight touchdowns in a span of four weeks in one of those runs. I mean, the guy is an absolute freak. And then what <laughs> – you couple that with what Mr. Green said. I don't know, man, it sounds like that, you know, Romeo Dobbs and Jordan Love developing a strong chemistry, dude. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. No, it's it's and, and if you don't buy the Jaden Reed hype, dude, go watch the 2021 tape. It is freaking phenomenal. You can actually find a video on this YouTube channel right here. If you just type in Chalk Talk Jaden Reed, it'll pop up. He freaking blew me away. Mr. Green, I was trying to find five. I'm like, let me let me find five plays. Five plays that I go, this is significant. I think it came to 16 plays that I came away with and was just like, I can't stop watching it, right? And because he had a down year because of the quarterback plays is kind of what I, you know, uh, accustomed it to. Um, in 2022, you go back to 2021, and it's like, whoa, that's what they've seen right there. So um, that's exciting, dude. I'm with Steve in the chat, dude. So I'm so excited for this season. Let the freshmen and sophomores play. I'm with you, dude. With you completely. Um, all right. Anything else, Jacob? You got there, man. As far as uh, any of that stuff, as you go mid drink there, what you got in that? I need to. What is that? Soy milk? What is that? Coconut water. Go coconut water. It's wow. Delicious. Yeah, man. It's good. Okay. All right, Mr. Green, are you a milk guy, dude? I know nowadays everybody. It's like everybody shuns me over drinking milk are you are you a milk dude or you 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 don't you don't buy into the whole now that's disgusting you shouldn't drink milk talk man to I'm, a, I'm a i'm a two percent guy man you know <laughs> I have milk, milk with my cereal you know uh with some cookies of course okay, you know you're, you're in the right spot here dude it's funny as you I'm get old man i, I yeah. dare kid, born and raised I God, see you though. You ain't, you ain't got an ounce of fat on you, man. I'm I'm built like a freaking <laughs> I'm built like an English bulldog. So I'm on the skim right now, dude. I'm like I got it, I got to have my milk fixed. Since people hear skim milk and they get disgusted, but I gotta have I gotta do something, man. I'm I'm telling you, I'm getting old. It's uh it's coming up quick here, boys. Um, yeah. Look at look at this, Emilio. Milk for sure. That's Emilio. Milk for now. This is what you talk about in June, babe. We're talking about milk. That's what milk as long about. as it doesn't come from a nut, because you ain't you can't squeeze that thing that hard. There's no milk coming out, all right? I don't <laughs> know what they do. Um, Steven the chat says uh, Jaden Reed reminds me of Devin Hester as a returner, dude. I I laid out a, a punt return where, and I'm not exaggerating. I counted it. I had to double check it. The punter, the ball was in the air. I think it was for 75 yards off this punter's leg, which still I'm going to rant here a minute, guys. Can I, will you, will you guys be my therapy here for just a second? How in the hell do we struggle to find special teams kickers, right? Whether it's kicker or punter. And then you turn on the college tape and there's 500 of them running around college football. It's like, we can't find one of 32. <laughs> Does that frustrate you guys too? Yeah. I mean, we just we don't ever. It seems like they'll never designate a draft pick just for that position. Where other teams, like they'll get their Wandell Robinsons or their Richie James or their Scatterbacks or just yeah, their Hester's or whatever. They never seem to designate that important. But we I, had Desmond Howard. Remember that? And look what happens. Super Bowl yeah. MVP. Shocked. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. Um, yeah. Brad in the chat says, thumbs up, people. There should be more people following. Hey, we appreciate that, man. Thank you for uh, helping spread the word. And, uh-oh, here we go. Janelle says, milk is unhealthy. There it is. Hey, look, I respectfully disagree. I had somebody uh, – I had a close friend of mine. I, I had a couple of business partners, uh, Scott and Savannah. Savannah told me one time she found out I drink milk. She was like, do you know – I'm trying to think of how she said it here. I'm trying to say it like her. She's, she's like my little sister. She is an unbelievable person. Uh, and this is no shot at you, Janelle. But she said – do you know that we're the only mammal that drinks the milk of other mammals? And I said, you know, we're the only mammal that flies airplanes. Stay away from my milk, man. I got it. Anyway. Uh. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, back. The, the only other two that I had as far as roster, you know, cap hit. Let's get back to the boring part here real quick. This has been good conversation too. Um, Elton Jenkins, cap hit next year, $14.5 million. Jacob, we talked about this the other night, and, and Ryan said his his pick would be for Elton to play left tackle once Bach is gone. Can you imagine having Elton Jenkins at left tackle for $14.5 I was going to say, yeah, for that money. Oof. 
the only so the only thing that I would say is again to the point of not impairing other people's progress. You know, you look at a guy like Zach Tom and you think if he's the guy, maybe we mold him and let him become that like ultra dominant left tackle after what if Bakhtiari decides to pass not pass on but move on. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, drinking. So it's funny that when they signed Elton Jenkins, I was one of the people going, I feel like they overpaid. And I was looking at it strictly from an interior offensive lineman standpoint. But now when you look at it and go, he could potentially play left tackle, bro, that's dirt cheap. Is it not Mr. Green, 14 and a half million for someone who could potentially be a pro bowl left tackle? He, absolutely. And like you said, a guy that in a pinch can play anywhere on that line. Yep. I, I'm confident he can play center. I remember I mean, when they, oh yeah. When they made that draft pick, dude, I was like, I don't know about it. They took a center, like what you know, and then he comes right out the gate and he's bullying Aaron Donald. I was like, Oh my god. Yeah. I'm excited to see him in Bach healthy this year for sure. Um, but 14 and a half million, 14.4 in dead cap. Obviously, he's never he's not gonna be cut. Um, base salary is three and a half million, roster bonus is five point one million. So you've got eight point six that you can maneuver there, uh, based off of the past and what Packers have restructured, it'd be half of that. So you're looking at $4 million you could free up there. Um, and he's got three years left with zero avoidable years. So you would just simply, if you did want to push a little bit of money out to put yourself in a little bit better cap situation now rather than later, then you could spread that out over three years that are remaining on his contract after the 2024 season. Um, the next one would be Devondre Campbell at $14.4 million cap uh, cap hit. Dead cap is 11.6. So you're freeing up a little over $2 million or almost $3 million in cap if you just cut him outright. And then base salary 6.9, roster bonus is 2.9. That combines for 9.8 million that you could free up. He had two years left on his deal with one voidable year. So you've got a little bit of maneuverability there. So um, based off of all that, I'm just going to kind of tally it up real quick here. And it's going to be 10, so that's 17. Let's see, 24, 29, 35. Yeah, 39. I mean, you've you've got potential for you know, $40 million. If you wanted to go, you know what? Jordan Love's shown enough, right? Jordan Love's shown enough. He's our quarterback. We can win now. This is talking 2024. If you see that and you go, okay, he's shown enough. The receivers have stepped up. We're still saving money there, although there'll need to be contract negotiations there. Keep in mind, too, we got Rashawn Gary. We got to extend. We all know that. But you could look up next year and go, all right, man, let's move some money around. Let's go make two or three big free agent signings, just like they did with Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, and say, all right, let's kind of push the chips in the middle of the table right now, and let's see if we can go win this thing. Like, that could happen as early as next year. Do you realize that, Jacob? Yeah, I'm sure as if Ryan's hearing this, he's saying, no, go all in. No, no. <laughs> he's pulling his hair out, throwing his headset. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. Or I'm always so cheap where you, we were saying, like, we could sign two major – major free agents i'm like or four decent for you know free agents or maybe yeah. five or six i'm i'm like i'm more for the homegrown kind of stuff i'd rather maybe sign maybe one good free agent and then pay our guys that are you know performing your toms your hopefully wyatt and hopefully quay when that time comes hopefully they're lighting it up and we have to get a little bit of a discount to keep them around that'd be great yeah for sure steve in the chat says zach tom can also play anywhere on the offensive line that's yeah, you know, you don't want to get into this this complete overhaul rotation of offensive linemen playing at different positions, but you want that guy. You want one or two that can play anywhere. And the goal is, if someone goes down, you want the least amount of moving parts as possible. You want it to be this guy goes down, this guy replaces him. It's that simple. Not this guy goes down, that guy now has to move here. This guy now replaces him. Now you got multiple people playing out of position. And that's the beautiful thing about Zach Tom and even Elton Jenkins. You can really minimize um, the chaos that may go on with a, with a few injuries. Um, let's see here. Uh, Steve in the chat says we're going to have 50 to 80 million available in cap space next season. I don't see that personally, Steve. Um, I mean, it, there's potential there. Yeah, if they wanted to maximize and, and really get crazy and go all in, I'm not suggesting – uh, go to that standpoint, but there we are on the backside of this bad cap situation, in my opinion. Um, it's you know, Goody's going to continue to play it like he's played it, I think, and uh, him and Russ Ball. 
and they'll put themselves in a position where if they catch a window like they did the year that they went out and got uh, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. Did they get Amos that year too, Jacob? I thought, yeah, that? I was going to say maybe. I thought there was another one at least. Yeah. It, it all depends on how it goes this year, and that's where that's what's going to determine, um, you know, how they uh, how they kind of approach this. You know, if they if they show a lot of promise this year and they think, man, next year it can really be uh, the beginning of that window where we win, I could see them get a little bit aggressive. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Janelle in the chat says Zach Tom was a crush was a draft crush of mine. There it is. Now we know J- uh, Janelle is. Uh, that's Ryan's burner account. We know it now. <laughs> I guess we got to find out if Zach Tom drinks milk or not. Now. Oh, no. I was going to say, Ryan drinks milk. He would be doing that. <laughs> Man, the plot thickens. I don't know. Or he's trying to throw us off the trail. <laughs> he just couldn't help it. But I, re- I remember when Aaron Rodgers a few years ago talked about how he was going. I can't remember if it was vegan or what, but he was basically going away from cheese and dairy and stuff. I remember getting mad about that. It was several years ago. It was like five, six years ago. I remember going, bro, you live in Wisconsin. You play for the Packers. How are you going to open? If it is the case, keep your mouth shut. How are you going to come out and say I remember getting so mad, dude. <laughs> Team Milk over here, man. Um, yeah, and Steve in the chat says the Rodgers cap hit is over after this year. Uh, they owe him nothing after the season. Yeah, that's uh, that was the one positive to how this thing unfolded. It was like, all right, we take our lumps this year again. Uh, you guys know how I feel about it. If, if if you take me back to that San Francisco trade offer, there's no one who's going to convince me, not that you're trying to, Steve, but there's no one who's going to convince me that 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 was a good job by Goody simply turning down a haul of draft picks and then trading them with a $40 million cap. It's like, yeah, that's a hard one to stomach. And uh, DJ Key in the chat chimes in and says, milk's the way to go. See, we got a bunch of dairy supporters, dude. That's what I'm talking about. All right, Jacob, is there anything else you want to hit on before we get ready to wrap this bear up with the 54-minute mark? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, there is one thing. Now, we were talking about this morning. Imagine this, guys. We have seven more Fridays until Packer football. Seven. That's nothing. That's like, think about seven Fridays ago. That's, that's, that's. It's not that long. No, we're getting there. We're getting there. And how long yeah, is it? Training, when does training camp open? Is it uh, July 25th? Is that right, Mr. Green? Am I thinking right? Let's see. I got my dates here. Courtesy of the White House calendar. Out, what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, looks like public practice, the first public, public practice is July 26th. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday the 26th. Dude, look at it. So, what is today? What, what's today's date? The 27th. 27th. We are officially less than one month before training camp opens. Dude. Come on. Let's freaking yeah. go. Yeah. Love it. Mr. Green, you got anything before we wrap this thing up, man? Anything else you want to hit on? Uh, you got the floor, bro. Um, just want to draw attention. We were talking about Aaron Jones carrying the G. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the quote today, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and read it. He was speaking about Jordan Love, and he said, quote, he did it the right way. He waited his time. You never heard one peep or complain out of him. We all love Jordan here, and he has everyone's full respect, and we're going to lay it all on the line for him. That's your RB1 talking about your QB1. I'm telling you right now, the rest of the world can sleep. The rest of the world can doubt. I'm telling you, this Packers team, I got a feeling they're going to shock the NFL this year. I can see it coming. Hey, I love it, dude. I love the energy. Um, Dude, there's something special that happens when you get people unified. That's for sure. Last year, sure. I think we would all agree it wasn't there last year. It just wasn't. It was, and it we was couldn't there. figure it out. What was missing? What did we keep saying? What is it? Something there's got to be something missing here because on paper, this team should be winning. Yep. I think we all know what, what it was, and you just touched on it right now, Clayton. That's spot on. Yep. And Ryan has mentioned it over and over and over. Um, you know, kind of talking about it on his pod. Just just there's there's just something, there was something there. And and I've said this about Aaron Rodgers. Anybody who listens to my podcast knows I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. Still am to this day. I I I think the guy was one of, if not the most important players in franchise history. I don't, you know, I don't hold any discretions against people. I look at people's positive side. I don't look at all the negative. That's just the way I choose to live life. You can call me, you know, gullible or whatever. I'm not going to walk around like somebody pissed in my Cheerios 24-7, right? It ain't going to happen. Um, but when you look at it, when he when he was in that locker room 
That was a big cloud, and I'm not saying it from a negative standpoint. I'm just saying he controlled that locker room. He was the icon. He was he was the head honcho. And I was listening to a, a podcast with uh, with um, Nathaniel Hackett uh, yesterday. He it was him and Peter Schrager. If you guys want it, that's an excellent podcast. He talks about how excited he is to have Aaron in New York, and he talked about how Aaron kind of played a role while he was there in Green Bay, how they would be in the running backs room and they'd be watching tape and the lights would be out and it'd be dark and we're and the coach would be, and all of a sudden they would hear a voice in the back of the room go, Hey, what what if we tried to do this? And everybody kind of look and it was Aaron that snuck in the room and Aaron was in the running backs room. I see that as a positive. Some people would look at it like, oh, what's he doing in a running back? He don't need to be in there. But I'm just saying that was the cloud that was there, right? And you could tell that these young players were kind of, you know, they were just tiptoeing around like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toe. That's gone now. And you you hit the nail on the freaking head, dude, with uh, with Aaron Jones. That's what a leader does. When, when everybody expects this team to go, what are they going to do without their leader? What are they going to do without the guy who brung them a Super Bowl and won four MVPs and he was the face of the franchise? What are they going to do? You've got people like Aaron Jones that step up and go, I got this dude's back. I got this guy's back. And, uh, I think the team's going to rally around him, man. I take it back to 2008. Dude, I was I was in Lambeau Field, Mr. Green. I was in Lambeau Field in the corner of the end zone, and I will never forget sitting there with a Packer, a Packer fan next to me and him going, well, we're going to find out today what we got, right? And it was Aaron Rodgers' first start at Lambeau Field. And it was wow. on the first – the first drive, play action pass, and he threw that ball. And this is what my this is what I did when he threw it. <laughs> I was like, what and, and Greg Jennings bring it down and, and I literally looked at that guy and he looked at me, he said, Brett who is what he says. <laughs> That's the kind of energy I need with Jordan Love. I need him, I want to see him come out and he doesn't have to be Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers in 2008. But you could just see that glimpse of okay, he's got the arm talent, and this team is rallied around him. These receivers love him. This this whole off the the, the team said, you know what? Let's get behind him. Let's get behind this dude. That's what needs to happen with Jordan Love. And kudos to Aaron Jones for being a leader and doing that for sure. Um, anything else, Jacob? Uh, you can just check out our fantasy podcast, PFP. We'll, we'll be dropping a couple more. We did some more uh, fantasy drafts and more shenanigans from the guys as always. So it's the dead, it's dead zone. It's the perfect time to do a bunch of drafts, do some best ball drafts, some dynasty drafts. It'll be fun. And, and you've got one of two people right now listening to this, and I'll wrap it up with this. I'm not a fantasy guy, guys. I'm not. I don't like fantasy football. I've just never been able to get into it. You've got somebody like me, and then you've got others that absolutely love fantasy, right? And they will listen to the pod because it's a fantasy pod. Give it a shot, even though you're not a fantasy pod or a fantasy guy, because I'm telling you, the chemistry these three dudes have together is some. Did you have a fourth guy on there last year? Yeah, we got we got four. As Paul Paul, the Viking fan, ended up bleaching his way on there. Now he's there all the time. <laughs> they always say it's like cockroaches, dude. They find their way in always. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, it, just the chemistry and these dudes cutting up, it, it kind of feels like you're just hanging out. It, it's it's almost like you stumbled into a bar on the east side of Green Bay. Mr. Green may, may be able to relate. And, uh, <laughs> and you're, you're hanging out at the bar and you hear three three or four buddies talking about their fantasy league. It's entertaining, dude. I'm just telling you. I love listening to it. So uh, make sure you check it out. That's the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. And like I said, as we get closer to the season, there'll be more content crank up there. Hey, Mr. Green, dude, we appreciate you hanging out for the entire show, dude. This was a blast. Hey, thanks for the invite, man. This was great. It's a pleasure Absolutely. talking with you guys. Definitely, man. All right, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out in the chat. Love to do a quick roll call, man. There were so many of you. Uh, Steve, DJ Key. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there, there's so many uh, nicknames. Here, Emilio. That's Janelle. The milk Janelle here. trying to get us off the milk train. Ain't happening. <laughs> um, all of you guys. Too many to mention, man. I, I shouldn't even do it. Zane. All you guys, we really appreciate you hanging out with us, man. It was a blast. So uh, let's uh, let's get out of here. Um, I will say this. I've got a tweet pinned at the top of the page. So does Ryan. Um, we had a, a Packer fan whose family uh, faced a horrible tragedy. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know them personally or, or understand all the details. I just heard enough of it that I said, you know what, I'm going to pin it to my page. I think I'm going to give it do a giveaway and base it around that too, like we did last year to help raise money. But this is a family that had a horrible tragedy. The two two young kids lost their mother, and then they end up losing their uh, their grandfather. I think in the same week, if not within twenty four hours. And uh, you know, it's fellow Packer fans. We want to take care of each other. But what we'll probably do is I've got a Josiah Aguara autographed jersey uh, that I'd like to give away. 
So we're going to put together a giveaway for that and help raise money for that family. So if you're in a position where, hey, look, I got a little extra and I'd like to help somebody out and sow some good seed, hop over to my Twitter page or hop over to Ryan's uh, uh, pack underscore daddy uh, Twitter account, and you'll see a link to that GoFundMe to help that family out. Understand uh, all that goes to uh, to helping that family uh, deal with that tragedy. Man, it's it's uh, it doesn't fix the problem, but when you've got funeral expenses and you've got all it, this – you know, somebody's life is just turned upside down. It does, it does help to take a little bit of the financial burden off of them. So it, like I said, if you're looking for a place to give, go check it out. We'd appreciate it. So with that being said, we're going to get out of here. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. For Jordan Love. 37. Here he is throwing in the middle. It's caught by Watson. He's got great speed. Turning the corner. Christian Watson down the sideline. And he will score. to a one-score game. This one is the stunner. You basically feel like, all right, this Eagles team sort of has this thing under control, and then Christian Watson hits the Jets again. Six touchdowns now in the last three games. He is really something. When he gets in the open field and running, that was some throw by Jordan Love, too.